You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Fairbairn. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, work at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. Folks, today we're going to be discussing the defense and kind of what happened against Virginia and the overall arc of this defense. Could it potentially cap Pitt's ceiling as they head into the ACC Championship in a potential big bowl game? We'll talk all about it and more on Locked on Pitt. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked on Pitt podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked on Pitt podcast your first listen Every day, we're free and available on all platforms. Leave that five-star review. Folks, today's episode of Locked On Pit is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, folks, today we're going to kind of talk about this pit defense. And overall, it's coming to a head, and I think it's starting to become... Or I shouldn't say become. I think it is extremely clear with... In regards to kind of how they continue to play, the opponents they show out against, the opponents they don't show out against, what's going on with this pit defense this year? What's the dynamic with the pit defense? I think it's becoming abundantly clear. And here's the thing. It's whatever. And we're going to talk about all different aspects of everything. And I mean everything. So first of all, here's something that's just something that jumps off the page to you. Every good quarterback, really, minus Sam Howell, that they have played has diced him up. It is what it is. Caleb Ellaby, Hendon Hooker, Brennan Armstrong, all of these guys, Tyler Van Dyke, all of these guys have diced Pitt up aside from Sam Howell, and there were other factors in that game against UNC that kind of made it so that Sam Howell wouldn't. The offensive line, for example, wasn't good. They really don't have many weapons outside of Josh Downs. Virginia was not that that team. In fact, you could pretty much argue, it, it's a good argument, I think, that you can make outside of potentially Miami. Because Miami has a lot of really good weapons with Mallory, Knight, and Rambo, Harley, Smith, a lot of these guys that are really good that this might be the deepest group of weapons they face this year with Wicks, Woods, uh, Henry, all of these really good players that you kind of looked at on Virginia and you said, oh boy, they could be issues. And there were about four or five of them that were real issues. Thompson, I can't even forget Canton Thompson. Uh, he was a big issue as well all game. And here's the thing. Pitt's secondary right now is a secondary that is flawed. It's a secondary that is not completely there. The linebacking core is a thin linebacking core, and they were really thin after Servasier Dennis got tossed about a minute into the game. I mean, they didn't even have Servasier Dennis for a drive. They had him for three plays, and he was gone for a targeting penalty. That's how much it was. And this is the thing about Pitt. 
you look at most of the production on them, and there's some production on the boundary, and that you know that the explosive two-play 75-yard drive was on the outside. It was all in the outside corners. They haven't really been the issue this year, though. For the most part, for the most part, Damari Mathis, Marquez Williams, A.J. Woods, and M.J. Devonshire have done a pretty good job on the boundary corner. Um, the outside cornerbacks, the field cornerback, whatever you want to call them, uh, to whichever side they're playing, overall, that has been a, a unit that has played pretty well. Now, the safeties, on the other hand, you can argue with me all about the safeties. I think Brandon Hill has played well, but Eric Hallett, at times, has certainly not played well. I didn't think Hallett was terrible on Saturday. I don't think a lot of it was his fault, that's for sure. Um, I thought this was actually a game where you saw one fundamental thing of Pat Narduzzi's scheme really exploited. And it was the fact that he doesn't really go to the Delta package enough this year. You know, maybe it's perhaps he doesn't trust the fifth defensive back. You know, Hallett obviously was that guy with DeMar Hamlin and Paris Ford there. Now that DeMar Hamlin and Paris Ford are gone, and Hallett's now the actual starting field free safety, you actually see them not run a lot of Delta. And what that means is when you get a guy like Jelani Woods or Kieta Thompson, who are athletes, football players, mismatched weapons, you're essentially facing 10 personnel every play. And it's the issue when it comes in there because Pitt's matching with base. It's essentially they're matching with 3-4 base, or 4-3 base rather. And what you do is you're just pushing guys that shouldn't be in coverage against guys that are much, much smaller, much quicker, much just overall twitchier than them. And this is what happened to Brandon George, really all game. You know, George got pushed out against Wicks, Woods, Thompson a few times. They gave a lot of cushion to the guys in the, in the middle of the field. Really, most of the production that they really fostered through easy completions was through the middle of the field, through the slot. And that was the issue that Narduzzi kind of faced. His linebackers got lined up against wide receivers. His linebackers got matched up in the slot against guys you didn't want to get them matched up with. And then also because Dennis was out, you couldn't run your exotic blitzes because Brandon George and those guys don't really know them as well as Sebastian Dennis. So you didn't see cross-dog blitzes. You didn't see double-A-gap blitzes. You didn't see a ton of exotic stunts that Pitt would usually run with their blitzes from the second level. And it really hurt Pitt's blitz game too because they didn't get a ton of pressure outside of those, outside of those uh, at a high level. And that was more so the big thing. And I think when you look overall at everything that has gone on from here on out, especially against Virginia and then other teams, that's been a common thing, is that Pitt has been beaten the slot in multiple different ways, not just this way where the linebackers got caught up against guys in the slot. They got caught up against guys in the slot last week too where John Patrician was on Kamari Morales, but Morales dropped it. Um... But you have seen that before, and I think Virginia came in and attacked that. But it's also been, you know, Hallett. And we'll talk about other things that they kind of did to put Hallett in a tough position uh, in our second segment. But this was the fundamental thing they did in the, in the passing game. It was that they allowed their slot receivers and their big guys and, and moved them around while they're athletes to win against linebackers and guys that just couldn't match their speed and their quickness. And I think that's an inherent schematic problem when you run match quarters so much. 
Uh, and I think Narduzzi needs to go to the board and potentially look at that because, trust me, I, Wake Forest is going to look at that and say yes. Wake Forest is an RPO quick team, and they're going to be able to run that at a high level. And I know that for a fact, that Wake Forest is going to be able to run things like that at a high level. So this is going to be something that Pitt's going to have to figure out, right, before they continue to move forward and feel like they can comfortably win high-level games. We'll see if it hurts them, but more so importantly, we're also going to talk about the other issue they face in the slot, which is what they do to Eric Hallett and kind of put him in tough binds. However, first, folks, I want to let you guys know about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Folks, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Folks, over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head over to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for the special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Folks, I want to let you know about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid-major players you may have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. Folks, all you have to do is make a one. It is make a deposit up to $100 and you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to that amount. Again, up to $100, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to that amount of money. If you use our promo code locked on, again, that's our promo code locked on for that 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus those projected numbers. Feel free to do mixed sport entries as you see fit as well. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. going on folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast folks let's talk about the other issue i saw in this game which was essentially the bond that they put their free safety in every game they play against decent quarterbacks and this is the thing you know about the overall personnel of the team pitt's not got nfl players marred all over it now they have a few um obviously Servasia Dennis, I think Brandon Hill is going to be one. Uh, Damari Mathis is going to be one. He just got invited to the Senior Bowl, obviously. Big accomplishment for Damari Mathis. Um, and, and also, I will say this. I also think that they have a few on the D-line. Uh, Habakkuk Baldonado is obviously going to be that guy. Uh, I also think that there's potential for guys. Obviously, Kalajic Hansi is going to make it there eventually. So they have talent on this, on this defense. And the D-line played well. I mean... 
for a good portion of the game, the D-line was solid. But the D-line can't get pressure every game and every play. And that's the thing. This defense is so reliant on what they do up front. And it is what it is. Narduzzi believes that stopping the run is your biggest asset. And listen, I get it. I understand it. Stopping the run is huge. And it is big because if you can make teams one-dimensional, you usually have a good chance of winning games. And so they'll match up really well this week against a team like Syracuse, for example. And we'll discuss it. Um, but they match up really well against a team like Syracuse or Virginia Tech, for example, right? Teams that really can't pass the football at a high level at all. They run a real, real, real good defense to stop teams like that. And you'll see it really show up in the box score completely on the field as well. They just usually dominate teams like that. And teams with bad quarterbacks usually don't stand much of a chance against Pitt. The issue is they face a lot of good quarterbacks. And here's the main issue with Pitt right now is that when you put your free safety in binds like they do, you usually get hurt bad because it doesn't matter. You're not going to find many free safeties that are really good in man coverage. And this is why they try the cornerback free safety experiment. You know, this is why they put Rashad Battle at free safety. MJ Devonshire worked there, for example. Uh, Hamlin, before before coming, was actually a corner and moved to free safety. Um, I think Hallett was as well. Um, so they moved guys around from corner to free safety because of this because you're asked so much to do with man coverage at that spot. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you get trips to that left side where the free safety is, and they got this a lot. They got a lot of trips to that side where guys would have to process the one through the two. And more importantly, you obviously have to put your linebacker out there. Here's the here's where the issue lies. You have to have your guy play 10, 10 yards off, regardless. Hallett has to play 10 yards off just to read and react because he's reading the number two all the way. But if the number two cuts in, he has to take the three. So you are reading through those two receivers, but it's pretty hard. And it essentially gives the opposing team a 7-10 to 10 yard head start running. And so it takes a really, really talented defensive back, NFL-level defensive back, to do that at a high level. To play only match quarters... That is their base coverage. It's really hard to do. And I think that's what people often underestimate when, you know, we are talking about teams playing at high levels or playing, you know, in terms of, wow, Hallett really sucks. And listen, the thing that I, that irked me about Hallett wasn't necessarily that, oh my goodness, he's getting cooked in, in main coverage. I understand that. It's a schematic thing. You put way too much stress on your free safety. It was the fact he couldn't tackle. Now, he's fixed his tackling up recently, and he plays a lot better. It's not really surprising to me uh, as, as of that. But you give him such tough assignments because he has to do that, and I think he's done pretty well overall. You know, he's had a few duds, but stopping Josh Downs last week, he didn't seem to be outwardly picked on like a you know, a sore thumb this week. It was more so the linebackers. And the linebackers are kind of in a similar spot, but it's more so because the linebackers just aren't meant to match up against slot receivers um, in that case. But the match quarters can get really troubling for that. And here's the thing. It's the philosophy of stopping the run first, which is cool, but when you're in third and long, you don't need to be in base. I mean, bring the nickel guy in. Bring a nickel corner in. It's fine. It's okay to play nickel corner. Like, it's okay to have a nickel cornerback. And I think Pat Narduzzi needs to realize that. 
is that he needs to play a nickel cornerback. The most delt, the, the most they have played in that Delta package under Pat Narduzzi was in 2019. And also, across the board, it is statistically his best defense for a reason. So, they really need to use that package more, especially on those third and longs, because they really get killed by a lot of teams just doing that. And listen, this is something that could really prop up and, and just kill Narduzzi's defenses for a long, long time here. Uh, but we'll talk about this defense overall, the, the personnel, the scheme, kind of everything. How much of a concern should they be moving forward as they head and face two really good teams, regardless of outcome? They're going to face two good teams here coming out uh, in the ACC Championship and then obviously in their bowl game. How much of a concern should it be? However, first, folks, I want to let you guys know about betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus again. That's our promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus. And no, it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorites. They favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online we're stuffed with deals this thanksgiving All right, folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast let's talk about the defense obviously this Defensive episode focus is something I do really want to hammer home because Pitt is in a position where if you look at the defense, there's good things, there's bad things. And it really depends on the opponent they face. But your chances of facing an opponent with a bad offense in a New Year's Six Bowl, for example, are bad, even in the ACC Championship. Because obviously, Clemson would be the ideal opponent for the bad offense archetype, right? But that's also an offense that is talent and could potentially get pit the second time around. However, NC State isn't that way. Wake Forest isn't that way because Sam Hartman and Devin Leary are both good. They both have weapons around them, and they both have semi-decent offensive lines at the very least. So they're, they're weapons. And then you look at teams that they could potentially face in New Year's Six Bowls. I mean, I'm kind of thinking about teams that they would potentially have big advantages over Michigan maybe would be one. Um, Michigan is a good rushing team, but hasn't proven to be truly that lethal through the air. Um, Michigan State, potentially Peyton Thorne is a solid quarterback, maybe not a great one. Um, But, you know, they're probably not going to get Michigan State after they've kind of fallen down the totem pole. Notre Dame would be an interesting one because Notre Dame is a team that, you know, I don't think that Jack Code is a particularly deadly quarterback, but... Listen, it's certainly possible that he could wreck some things against Pitt. Kyron Williams, obviously, there. Um, And then, obviously, there's teams like Baylor and Ole Miss that probably would have a field day against Pitt's defense, and Pitt would probably do the same against their defense. So it would be a matchup, a shootout, and I think that's what Pitt probably is prepping for. This defense, though, at its heart, has a few big issues. One, the D-line, while good, is not great. And it's just not to the level it was years past. 
and it's fine. It's whatever. You're not, you're not going to have a elite D-line every year with five NFL players on it. They were so lucky to have that last year. They were so lucky to have Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones and Kalaja Kansi and then Jalen Twyman in 2019. They were so lucky to have all these studs. And trust me, I think that they will have they're pl- they have plenty of studs already, and they will have a few NFL players come off this line. It's just not what it was before, right? Which is okay. Which is okay, of course. But the biggest thing that when you look at Pitt overall, this defense, is the linebackers just aren't there. It, it, that's the difference. They The linebackers have played better over the past few weeks, but they're still not a, a great unit. They're still very exploitable. Servasia Dennis has grown into his own. And that's obviously really, really good, but it's not the only thing. And I think that overall is something you really have to take into account when you look at Pitt's defense because the linebackers have to play at a high level. Phil Campbell's played well. Cam Bright's had a few good games now. Chase Pine has been fine. Brandon George, again, I've talked about him. I think he's a really good run stopper, a really good run stopper. The guy is also extremely smart and active, and has a very hot motor, but he's just, I don't think he's a great athlete, and that's something that I think we was showcased and exposed a little bit against Virginia, was that he just didn't have that quickness to cover those guys, and again, he shouldn't have been put in those spots anyways, that's not his game, you know, I wouldn't want Voss in there, but he's definitely a lesser athlete than a guy like Voss, and the good thing is though, I guess coming up against Syracuse, right, it's a game where, where Brandon George is going to be phenomenal in, this is going to be the type of thing he does well. He's a really good run stuffer. Um, he's going to be really solid there. Um, they need Servasia Dennis to be in there and be healthy and and obviously be ready off the targeting penalty as well and, and avoid those at all costs. That's going to be something. And they don't completely have just a solid down rotation that says, boy, these guys are great and, and, they, and they are not exploitable or anything like that. They are. And so is the secondary. And potentially Hallett is, uh, you know, as usual, you can obviously attack them, but there's still the tackling concerns. You know, are those going to creep back up at any point? You really hope the ghost of those doesn't show up in one of these next three games? That's the biggest worry, I think. Because right now, there's schematic issues that are probably not going to be fixed under Nardizzi for a while. But the biggest issue is if they can't tackle. You don't want the personnel issues to shine through a ton. Because Pitt, while having maybe some undermanned personnel to a degree at the linebacker position and a little bit the free safety position, uh, it does have a really, really good coached unit. And I think it's a it's a unit that overall, it, it's not a badly coached team. It's just more so a team that is like, what are you guys doing to a degree schematically? And you're putting these guys in a bad position to win. And that's kind of what I've thought with Hallett. And I definitely thought with with some of these things that they, they saw on Saturday with those quick routes in the slot, the quick little curls right in between the zones. Um, those linebackers left one-on-one, putting Hallett against guys that just were bigger and faster and, and harder in, in that consistently and not really doing much. It's tough when you don't have Servasi and Dennis because it seems like their blitz game is completely predicated on having him in there. And that's something that kind of worries me. And it could be worrying for the future. Um, this pit defense definitely could be an issue as we go along. And because of those personnel issues and because of those schematic issues, especially with an RPO-based team like Wake Forest, for example, or another RPO-based team like Ole Miss, for example, with Matt Corral and Sam Hartman, 
Um, and those two teams respectively, Hartman obviously playing for Wake and Corral with Ole Miss, just looking ahead at some potential matchups. These could be very potential. Uh, those have matchup potential issues, and it's something that the defense could certainly be be hurt by. And Brennan Armstrong really diced them up, and it was no surprise. We expected them to see it, but even after a good performance against Sam Howe, it appears that this defense is still very exploitable, still has very, very big personnel issues, and it also has issues schematically that they have to fix, and it's definitely a worry heading into the future. I'm not going to say it's going to break the season or have them lose the ACC Championship game because I think they can win the ACC Championship. I think they can win a New Year's Six Bowl, obviously, but it's obviously the biggest reason to worry as Pitt moves forward. All right, folks. Before we get out of here, I want to let you know about the Locked On Bets podcast. The Locked On Bets podcast is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening and hail to Pitt.